Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey folks, welcome to another special and standalone episode of the Battles of the First World War podcast. As you've read in the title, this episode will feature a poem on the psalm. As you've no doubt also read in the episode description, this is not a poem written by me. Thank God. But it is a poem written by one Alan Alexander Milne, better known as A.A. Milne, and better yet known as the creator of Winnie the Pooh. A.A. Milne was a pacifist by heart and by conscience, but he too rallied to the call of king and country, and by early 1915 was training as an officer. The summer of 1916 saw him posted to the 11th Battalion Royal Warwickshire Regiment near Bazentan Les Petits and High Wood. On the night of August 12, 1916, Milne was the acting signals officer to a battalion attack on German troops on Intermediate Trench. With the previous signals officer just wounded on the eve of the attack, Milne was pulled in to take the man's place. This incident wasn't covered by the podcast, but would have taken place during episode 19, part two of the story of High Wood. A length of intermediate trench needed to be taken at night, so the British blasted the target area for three hours prior to the attack. This gave the attack away, and the Germans retaliated by shelling the British in the area heavily. From a mighty fine entry in the Great War Forum on 1914-1918.envisionzone.com, a gentleman provided Milne's recollection of the German barrage, and I will uh, quote it here. Quote, we sat there completely isolated. The depth of the dugout deadened the noise of the guns so that a shell burst was no longer the noise of a giant plumber throwing down his tools, but only a persistent thud which set the candles dancing and then, as if by an afterthought, blotted them out. From time to time I lit them again, wondering what I should be doing, wondering what signaling officers did on these occasions. Nervously, I said to the colonel, feeling that the isolation was all my fault, should I try to get a line out? And to my intense relief, he said, don't be a bloody fool. End quote. That attack was chopped to pieces with heavy casualties for the Warwickshire Tommies. Milne survived, and in November of 1916, he was at the front again, at Luce. 
This time, he was invalided out with trench fever and months later was relegated to desk work for the rest of the war by the army. So, the poem about the tanks. Since we just talked about the tanks and their introduction to the battlefield on the Somme, I figured it would be a little something extra to read this. Milne wrote the poem as part of a benefit program held on November 7th, 1918, for tank crew member prisoners of war. The poem is untitled, and it was just recently discovered by a research assistant named Sheldon Rogers at the Bovington Tank Museum. Wicked nice job, man. The program schedule was found by chance in a box of papers belonging to Colonel Hugh Ells, one of the British Army's first tank officers and experts, and who appeared in our episode 23. Here's the poem, then. I'm going to read the entire thing to the tune of the wonderful thing about Tigger's song, which I'm sure a fair number of listeners out there will recognize. When I first read the poem, I noticed that it fit the very same pattern as the Tigger song. No guarantees of how this will go. Let's, let's do this. Poem. You have heard of the wonderful tanks. There are legends about them in plenty. They will flatten a wood if the cover's too good, or recline on hill 60 until it's hill 20. There's a story that won for a wager, a matter of 25 francs, flew off on its own and just pushed down Cologne, a proceeding which rather annoyed the town major. Oh, they're devils once they get going. They are up to the oddest of pranks. There's a pattern, Mark III, which can swim in the sea and submerge until only its periscope's showing. Oh, they're wonderful, wonderful things are the tanks. You have heard of them? Thanks. You have read of the actual tanks. At dawn, we attacked on the so-and-so line. Observation was good and the weather was fine. On the right of the sector, the umpteenth blanks secured the objectives, assisted by tanks, with the cooperation of tanks. And perhaps you have pictured a tank as it poises and pitches itself at the ditches and noses its way up the bank. You can hear its machinery clank and its guns rat-tat-tat as it opens on Fritz and he runs like a rat, but there's no use in that. He is cornered, tat-tat, and shot as he sits. So perhaps you have pictured the tanks, the latest invention, the tanks. Is there wire in the way? Then send for the tanks. Are machine guns at play? Then forward the tanks. The tanks that go anywhere. Forward the tanks. The grim mechanical tanks. And you're proud as you read of the wonderful tanks. You are proud of them? Thanks. But they're not quite mechanical tanks. There are men at the wheel and the gun. And the grim reputation of tanks. And the wonderful things that they've done. And the battles they've won are the work of the men in the tanks. And it isn't all fun for the men who sit tight in the tanks. No, it isn't all fun in the tanks. You may read with a cheer how they crashed on the wire, but perhaps you don't hear that a couple caught fire while it's one of the risks of the tanks. For the humans who sit in the tanks, the brain and the soul of the tanks, the tanks that go anywhere, anywhere true, if the men in the tanks will go anywhere too, as they do. So remember, 
Whenever you talk of the tanks, the newest invention, the wonderful tanks, the older invention, the men in the ranks, the wonderful men of all ranks, for they're just the same men, only more so, in tanks. You'll remember them? Thanks. By A.A. A. Milne. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Talk to you again soon. Take care. Those piggies got a friend who's bouncy, flouncy, and trouncy. <laughs> you know who he is, so let's go meet him. Oh, uh, glad to meet you. Name's Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tigger's a wonderful thing. The top's are made of rubber. The bottom's are made of spring. The bouncy, flouncy.